God's word and the Christian home. So we're talking about God's word, and then we're going to do a little bit of application to the Christian home. And I want you to just open your heart, even if you have been in the first service, God might still have one more thing to tell you. Amen. So just open your heart, and if you're just, if he's not telling you something new, if it's just the same one, there's no crime in learning it again and again and again. So open your heart and don't get too familiar because you might know the next statement. And so don't get carried away. Just open your heart to the spirit of God. God's word for the, God's word and the Christian home. We start with the scripture for the scripture for the month. Uh, that's where I gave us, you know, and these words, which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And these words, and these are not just the words here in the Deuteronomy, but we can generalize this and say the words of God must be in our heart. God's word must be where? In our heart. God's word must be in our heart. It has to be in my heart first before I can experience it in my life. If the word of God is not in my heart, I cannot, you know, it's important for me to take it in first. Very, very important. Because see, most times, let me tell you what happened to people. When we're in distress, then we quickly begin to pray and speak God's word and just look for scriptures and all of that. You see, there's nothing that's good as that one that is already part of you. The one that flows from your heart. Praise God. The one that comes out of you. The one like Jesus Christ, when Satan was tempting Jesus, that Jesus didn't first say, okay, let me quickly read my Bible and find the solution. You know, but the words that came out of his heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak so it's important that we take the word of god in amen we take the word of god into our hearts we take the word of god into our system we eat the word of god hallelujah so that we can say the word of god is sweet to words than the honey praise the lord so he said these words which i command you today shall be in your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. In whatever you do, keep on teaching the word of God in your home. And this is our focus. This is our, you know, for the month that of, you know, grace for Christian homes. This is the scripture that I want us to really take very daily and teach the word of God in our homes. That is in everything we do. When we are walking by the way, when you're going for a stroll, when you're going for shopping, when you are anywhere you find yourself, when you walk by the way, when you sit in your house, when you're having a chat, when you're watching something together on the TV, when you are playing together, whatever you do, make sure you're always seizing the opportunity to teach the word of God. The principles of God must be very, 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 you know, must be constantly taught in our homes the principles of god the word of god the mindset of god in everything we do must be part of our system it's very very important so whatever you do keep on teaching the word the principles of god the mind of god hallelujah okay let's begin to move on so let's start with a scripture you know, every time you talk about scripture, you, this scripture, it's very important. <laughs> Amen. All scripture, in all, in, invariably, all written word of God. Do you understand? 
That's what it means. All scripture, all Bible, all written word of God. It's given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Let me explain that. Let me explain that. See, the word, what he's saying is this. We need to understand that the word of God is inspired and is profitable for this. Let me explain. What he's saying is the word of God is useful to do this thing. In other words, the word of God can do these things. Now, get this very clearly here. It is not going to be automatic. It needs to be applied to do those things. So you see, until you accept that the scripture is profitable for doctrine, you will create your own doctrine outside of the word of God. So what, what, what God, what the man of God was telling Timothy was that the scripture is not for fun. The scripture is not for decoration. The scripture is not just for figurehead. The scripture is not just there. He said the scripture is there for a reason. The scripture is given to us for a reason. That's what he's saying. Now, those of us who were now, you know, first service people, this is different, all right? I didn't say this for that time. So, pardon me, just learn what you're learning now. And maybe the people who are listening to this will listen to the first service message. The scripture is necessary for something. It's not random. It's not just, that's the Bible, that's it. No, 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 no. It has a purpose. It is profitable for doctrine. So, we're not just Christians embracing the word of God. The word of God that we have is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. So, the word of God can be used to say that it's profitable for doctrine. So, our doctrine must be based on the word of God. Our teaching must be based on the word of God. Our, our, what, what we teach, how we live our life, my marriage, my home, my, my parenting, everything must be based on the word of God. It's profitable for doctrine. The word doctrine there means teaching, guidance, guideline. Doctrine. Hallelujah. So, the word of God is profitable for teaching. So, in other words, if you want to get profit from teaching, use God's word. Not your words, God's words. Use God's word. It's profitable for preaching. It's good for preaching. It's good for teaching. It's good for, tra- for, for training. It's good for doctrine. And the word of God is good for reproof. There's no need to just be angry with people for no reason. But based on the word of God, you can correct. You can say, according to the word of God. This is what the Bible says. Praise God. So the word of God is good for correction. For instruction in righteousness. Praise God. So with Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1. Obey your parents in the law for this is right. And American has told me that I should be partial. That I should also read verse 4. That fathers should not provoke their children. <laughs> you know because sometimes you know parents you just read the one you like and then you disappear. No read everything. The full word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It's everything. So you can't just say the word of, this is the word of God. No, 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 no. It's useful for our life. What, can, what are you teaching without the word of God? What are you teaching? What, what as a Christian, what can you possibly teach outside God's word? What can you, what's reproof? 
You know, sometimes, you know, you know, you can reprove your husband, reprove your wife, reprove your children outside of God's word. Because of the way you were brought up. We're going to get to some of those things. Because of the way you were brought up. For instance, I can tell your wife, no, it is wrong to cook like that because your mom doesn't cook like that. What has the God of Word of God got to do with that? You understand? You know, no, it's not done like that. No, that's how you did it in your parents' house. Doesn't mean that's how we do it in this house. What gas this house is the word of God. So, reproof and correction and instruction in righteousness must be based on the scriptures. Like I was saying the other day, so if, I, if you tell me you want to slap someone and you show me in the scripture that God says you should slap the person, what, what can I say? Amen. <laughs> but I'm, 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 I don't see where you're going to see that. So you need to ask yourself your judgment, your doctrine, your, your correction, your instruction for righteousness, your principles of life. Are they based on the word of God? If they're not based on the word of God, there's no profit. You can, you can make profit in the world, but remember the Bible says, what shall I profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? I'm talking about eternal profit. And obviously, sometimes even immediate profit. That the man of God and the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every instruction and guideline in the Bible is for your own good, is for my own good, is for my peace, is for my fulfillment. Listen to this. You cannot possibly live by the standard of the word of God and there will not be peace and joy in your life. I repeat, you cannot stay with the standard of the word of God and you will not enjoy peace in your life. And when I say in our life, I know this is the month of Christendom in our homes, in our marriages. So, do you want peace in your life, in your relationships? Do you want peace in your marriage? Do you want peace? Word of God. It's not hard. It's easy. Word of God. Children, do you want peace with your parents? Word of God. Parents, do you want peace with your children? Word of God. Word of God. That is the common denominator. That is where everybody can see that it is not dad's opinion. It's not daughter's opinion. It's not son's opinion or mom's opinion. It's God's opinion. It's the common ground. You know the good thing about being Christian in a Christian home is that we have that word of God that silenced personal opinions. That's a beautiful thing. And so what can you possibly gain therefore as a Christian home when the word of God cannot silence your own personal opinion? So the word of God should silence every personal opinion in our homes. It should. So it should be the final authority in our homes. The word of God, the final authority. So it doesn't matter what you're thinking. It doesn't matter how you want it. Thank God that you're intelligent. Thank God that you are smart. Thank God for all of that. But the word of God should be the final authority. Whether you're a man or a woman, it's regardless of that, the word of God should be the final authority. So what God's word says should be our final authority. Should be the basis for our doctrine, our re- when we reprove, for correction and for instruction in righteousness. The word of God. That the man of God and the woman of God and the son of God and the daughter of God and the child of God may be complete. Glory to God. Thoroughly equipped for every good work every instruction and guideline in the bible is for your own good for my good for our fulfillment the word of god furnishes and equips us perfectly for every good work in life 
including our marriages and our homes. I don't even know that God wants us to do a good work in our marriage. Hello? Anybody thinks God wants you to do a good work in your home? In your relationship? God wants you to do a good work. And the Bible says that the man, the only way the man of God can be thoroughly equipped for every good work is by applying the scriptures for teaching and reproof and correction and instruction in righteousness. That's the only way. The word of God. The word of God. The word of the most high. The instructions of God for marriage and for our homes are always superior to popular and worldly opinions. You must so much believe in the word and so much apply the word that you know that it is superior to popular and worldly opinions. We're going to have popular opinions. We're going to have it. We're going to have popular opinions. We're going to have what is going on, what is raining, what is prevailing, what people say, and so on and so forth. Be careful you listen to. God's word is superior to human traditions and government policies. Thank God for government policies. I was saying in the first service, thank God for government policies. If not, some women would have killed their husband for no reason. Some men would have abused their wife consistently, even their children consistently. But thank God that while we're waiting for eternal judgment, while we're waiting for God to deal with you, that the police can step in quickly and deal with you. Thank God. Everybody say thank God for the government. It's important. But you see, government policy is limited. It cannot dictate, determine, or frame everything we do in our own. It is not sufficient for us. But the word of God is sufficient. And the good thing is, when you do God's word, you are generally saved from the wrath of the government. Because it's superior. Praise the Lord. It's superior. We must go beyond our family and cultural background. We should never become too culturally biased that we compromise God's word. In other words, if you have to choose between the way you were brought up and what the Bible says, you choose the Bible. If you have to choose between your, your dad did to your mom and what you have to do to your own wife, you choose what the Bible says. If you have to choose between how your mom dealt with your dad, and, no, 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 no. It's what the Bible says. We must go beyond our family and cultural background. Our parents and our cultures, they've tried their best. But listen to this. If it is not in line with the word of God, you been it. Because it's not, that's not it. It's not the word of God. So we must go beyond our family. Go beyond our cultural background. You see, we're using the word go beyond. Why? Because, because we're not saying everything about our family is bad. Anybody here, you've learned one or two things from your parents? I hope so. You know, you learn something from your culture. Fantastic. Many of us have cultures that respect. We have culture that honor people. Fantastic. You understand? Great. But we need to go beyond that because when our culture stops, the word of God remains the same forever. Praise God. And let's say this because it is the word of God is neither in favor of feminism or male chauvinism. It's neither in favor of the first nor the second. 
simple explanation. What is feminism? Simple. Feminism is the need. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Just listen. Say, well, pastor, it's not like that in the show. Right? Don't worry. That's what is called connotation. Feminism is the need for women to fight for freedom. The need, the responsibility to fight to gain acceptance and to lay hold or claim on the equality between a woman and a man. Listen to this. The idea that men are not made superior to women is true. Even though I would say some things later on because we need to understand that men and women are equal but they're different. So that's another day. They're equal but they're different. If they're the same, that will not be male and female. You need to understand that equality and similarity in this sense are not exactly the same. They're equal in the things of the spirit but they're the same in the dispatch of rules and principles. They're not the same. I didn't say that in first service but we'll talk about that. Listen to this. You need to get that. But I'm talking about the essence of the person in their fulfillment of dreams and purpose and living for God. Man is not different from a woman. The Bible says that in Christ there is neither male nor female. Now, the thought to that a woman should express themselves, fulfill their purpose and do everything God wants them to do is correct. As human beings, regardless of whether it's female or male, that is correct. But the need to fight and prove a point is wrong. Because you fight for what you accept you don't have. And the fact that you're having to fight for it already signifies a deficit. That's the truth. So if as a woman you need to prove a point to your husband that I am also important in this house, you have a bigger problem than that. Let's deal with the real problem. I need to show that I might be a woman, but I'm not useless. No, there is something. You need to ask yourself a few questions. I'm not saying it's your fault, but there are underlying issues that need to be sorted out. Those are the issues that need to be sorted out. Let me tell you something. So women are feminists because of their parents. Because your mom has taken rubbish from your dad all her life. Now you are married. Now you want to prove to your husband that you're not like your mom. Can you see where your problem is? So you're having to fight. That's what we need to deal with. Because you are not mentally delivered from the pain of your family. You're not free from the, from the negativities of your home. That's where the problem is. That's what needs to be resolved. Now you are married now. Now you are punishing your husband. Saying you are a feminist. You are proving a point. The reason you are proving a point is because that person's childhood has been messed up. And that's why we need to be careful what we are investing into our children. Because they might grow up with such a messed up mindset. That when they get married they want to prove a, prove a point. And some men now, male chauvinist, which is, is worse. It's worse, what do I mean by that? Because it's actually more prevalent than feminism. But we don't talk about it because we've accepted it as being right. And why the only thing that people speak against is feminism is because we've accepted a man should be a chauvinist. It's accepted by the culture, not just England culture, all the culture in the world accepts it. And because it's accepted, then it's automatically right. So nobody talks about it. So we only talk about feminist women, but we don't talk about male chauvinists because we have more male chauvinists than we have feminist women. In fact, you can even compare the number at all. 
at all. You can't even compare it. I don't, we don't want to start going into that. You can't compare. It's every time. It's everywhere. You've read the news, the guy that England is getting, all the stories that were said about the guy, whether true or false, I don't know what's the name, the guy that we're just getting to negotiate for us with, you know, the Australian guy. Yeah. You know, I've not really explored into his past life and all of that, but what I'm just saying is, to be a shot, a measure, it's prevailing. And it's one of the fundamental problems of all our homes because a man wants to prove a point. If you need to prove a point as the man in your marriage, you really need to prove a point because you really don't have a point. Something is wrong already. Do you know I'm the man of this house? No, you're not. No, you're not. The moment that statement needs to come out of your mouth. Maybe if you're joking us, you know, you know, sometimes you're joking, you know, you know, hey, I can be joking and tell my wife that, you know, I'm the chairman, managing director of this house. Yeah. You know, no, we're not talking about when, when it's an issue, you are trying to, you know, I'm the man of this house. When it says you are, you are, you are not, you are not, you have lost it. So that's what we need to deal with that you are no longer the man of the house. You have a bigger problem than wanting to be a chauvinist. You have a bigger problem. You're having to prove to your wife, you know, I'm the, I'm the man of this house, you know, I should be respected in this home, you know, and I'm going to put my foot down. No, 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 you have no footing. Your footing is already gone. So that's what you deal with. But the environment has said so much of male chauvinism that we keep proving porn, we keep showing, you know, you need to put women where they belong. What? It's a demonic statement. It's an absolutely demonic statement. What do you mean by where they belong? Where do they belong? In the kitchen. No, you didn't read your Bible because when Bible, when God made Adam and Eve, there was no kitchen. And if you read your Bible very well, you will know that Jesus Christ with the disciples went to the kitchen. And you have to tell me that you are more, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to preach what I don't want to preach now, right? Not yet. You see, you are trying to tell me you are superior to God if God could supply the children of Israel with manna and the man says he can't go into the kitchen. What a failure. You do not resemble God because God provided food. And you do not resemble. If you couldn't do it, you know, I've told us about roleless marriage. If you couldn't do it and your wife is okay with it, there's no problem. But it's not about claiming point. It's not claiming. It's you have a weakness. Don't know how to cook. We are fine. We'll cook for you. And you eat it where God is not angry with you. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you don't get it wrong. But I'm talking about the claiming. So we, so we, so God is neither in favor of feminism or in favor of male chauvinism. God is just God. These are the principles of God. When you follow, you will have peace and joy and fulfillment in your home. Full stop. And if there are issues to deal with, let's deal with them rightly. Knowing that there is a devil we are fighting and fight that devil together. Because sometimes what pushes a woman to be a feminist is an issue that probably she needs to sort out with her parents or with the spouse. And what most men just needs to calm down and sort out issues with their generational fathers. Because sometimes the chauvinism is rooted deep in the blood of men. And don't you ever think I'm talking about African men. It's not true. Sometimes maybe African men are not as chauvinist as you think. You need to study. Study. Go to US. Go to the history of England. You will know what proper... When our parents have started working in Nigeria and they've allowed women that were respected, in England, women were not respected. So don't you be thinking that when we talk about men, it's, no, it's African culture. No, it's not. No. It's a human problem. So what point are you proving? Don't prove any point. 
The point has been proven by Jesus Christ who died for all of us. That's the point. It's been proven. The Bible says he showed principalities and powers. The Bible says he triumphed over them openly. The point has been proven. Jesus proved the point. You don't prove no point to anybody. It's neither in favor of feminism. So women, this is our message which I wanted to preach before, but let me just drop it in. When the Bible says submit yourself to your husband, the Bible means it. There is no... <laughs> what I wanted to say, I wanted to say there is no, there is no ifs and birds. But it came to me first in another language. <laughs> so I have to think in Yoruba and they speak it in English. There is no tabishu. There is no ifs and buts. No. And when the Bible says, husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church, is the most difficult thing. I was talking to a man, counseling him in his marriage, and he said, if my wife knows how difficult it is for me, I said, she doesn't. To love your wife as Christ loved the church, and women think to submit is difficult? That's easy. God gave you the easy one. Give the man the difficult one. He said that he had to lay down his life. If you are a proper godly man, you can never be a chauvinist. It's done. It's finished. It's, you're, it's gone. There's nothing like that. It doesn't even exist. The Bible says you die. You die. You're nobody. You just die. Like we're learning on Friday, man, you make yourself of no reputation like Jesus Christ and you are a nobody. Any man, you are the first. Now I want to say something that is going to push your mind now. You are the first to say sorry, not your wife. I will teach you another day. When you read your Bible, the Bible says, why we were yet sinners? Jesus came and died for us. When you understand spiritual things. I'm not saying you just seem like something. You can go ask my wife. Interview her at my back. I'm telling you the genuine word of God. He made himself of no reputation. He came. If God did not come down from heaven, where would you be? He came down. You, 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 can you go up? <laughs> Keep going. You will climb ladder from now till eternity. You won't get there. He came down because for him it's just one thought. Pa, he came down. Let me know. Let's move on. This is not our message. Another day we'll talk about it. Praise God. Let's go back to the Word of God. Don't worry. Any question, ask me. I'll answer. If I don't know, I'll say I don't know. You know me now. You ask me something, I don't know. I just I don't know the answer. Nobody's going to arrest me because of that. Praise God. The grass withers the flower of it, but the word of God stands forever. Stand on the word. That's what I'm trying to say. All those things I'm saying, just Bible, Bible. There are so many ways we can look at it, different angles. But today I want us to just hold the word. Every system and every knowledge of man will fail the test of time, but the word of God will remain the same. It lasts forever. It stands forever. Glory to God. We're going to change. I'm going to change. You know, as I'm speaking to you now, I can change tomorrow. So if I change tomorrow, will you change? If I change tomorrow and you change, that means your faith is on me. It's not on God. If tomorrow now I decide to begin to slap my wife, would you go ahead and slap your own? Because men change, but God doesn't change. And that's why you build your marriage on the unfailing word of God, not just the example of men, not just the principles that G.O. preaches, not just the content of what pastor says. If what pastor says is not in line with the word of God, put it in the bin. It's the full stop. And that's why if you want to crucify me, crucify me for the truth. I will tell you the truth. 
And I have so much developed confidence in saying the truth that even, even if I am yet, I'm not there yet, I'll still say it. So you can be guaranteed that what I tell you is the truth. I will not of my experience teach the word of God only. I would of the scriptures teach the word of God. I will of the truth teach the truth. But then, of course, I would also put a demand on myself to back it up with the credibility of being the doer of that which you say. Our lives and homes must be built on the word of God that stands forever. Forget about all the things that are flying around. They're going to change. They will keep on changing. I was saying, was it in the first service? I was saying, you know, would you believe that, you know, I think it was the first service, yes, that just 1910, before the First World War, women don't wear trousers in England. And the time they allowed them to wear it to manufacture ammunition, you know, to supply to the war front, then they allowed them, you can't even wear it in the public. The public must not see it. What can we do now without women wearing trousers? Now we struggle whether women wear wear skirt now. (laughs) It's gone the other way around. Because men change. But all along, when when maybe men were thinking they were suppressing women, God remained the same. So God has not changed. We are the one trying to catch up with God. And we have to continue to catch up with God. Because the Bible said the ways of God, as far as the heaven is from the earth, so God's ways is far above our ways. And matters where to stay there. What you know, thank God. What you don't know, keep on learning. But don't you move out. Because God is not coming around the corner to meet you where you are hiding. He wants you to come and be in alignment with his word. He wants me to be in alignment with his word. Hallelujah. The word of God are pure. The words of the Lord are pure words like silver tried in the furnace of earth seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation and forever. The word of God does not fail. The principles of God are not time restrained or time constrained. The word of God does not change with changing times. Doesn't. We need to stay with the unchanging principles of God in order to secure the foundation and the future of our lives and families. Praise God. Very important. The word of God up here. The word of God. You know, I can say something to you today. I mess up tomorrow. You can go and meet a marriage counselor and their own marriage is not even working. And they can tell you the truth. They can say a lot of things to you. You know, but they're human. Amen. You know, it's like a pastor can pray for God to heal you of headache while he goes home with his head banging. So I'm not abusing the counselors. That's the truth about life. A nurse can treat you and then he's not treating him. That's it. You know, a psychiatric person might have his own problem with mental health problem. Amen. Whatever you think, an accountant might be bankrupt. And a lawyer might have a case that he's going to go to prison for. True or false? That's normal. Mm-mm. But the only person that is the say and the doer is God Almighty. The one that cannot be caught in the prison of any thoughts or any imagination is God. He cannot be imprisoned in anybody's mind, in anybody's brain, in anybody's prison. He is completely God all by himself. In him there is no variableness, neither the shadow of eternity. In other words, he doesn't even think about it. 
<laughs> there's not a shadow of eternity. You're not going to see that. Oh, be, <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no maybe, maybe not. He is constant. My hope is built on nothing else than Jesus. Listen carefully to this. If you build yourself, your marriage on any other thing, it can fail. And that's not because you're a bad person. That's just because the arm of flesh must fail. That's just because the arm of flesh must what? The arm of flesh fails. We cannot depend on ourselves. We cannot depend on the arm of flesh. We cannot depend on our own ability. We cannot depend on what I can do. No, we have to depend on the word of God. So that when I am unable, the word of God carries me. Glory to God. When I'm failing, the word of God carries me. Hallelujah. Let's finish with this and pray. Therefore, my brothers and my sisters, young people listen to this. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, this is Jesus speaking, that's why the M is capital, and those then. In other words, whoever listens to the word of life, the word of truth, to these sayings of mine with a small M that I'm telling you now in line with the word of God, not my words. Therefore, whoever hears the sayings of mine and those them, Jesus said that we liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Wisdom demands that when you hear the word of God, you do it. But foolishness shows forth by hearing the word of God and not doing it. A fool is therefore a man, not just a man who doesn't hear the word, but a man who doesn't value the word of God enough to observe to do according to what is written therein. The Bible says for the wise man, the rain descended. Anybody know that this rain of life is going to descend on our homes? There's going to be challenges. It might even be external, not internal. Rain descended. The floods came. It might be floods of financial balance, floods of managing child care. (laughs) There are many floods in this country. There are many floods everywhere in the world. Floods of new job. Floods of what do I do? Floods of handling things and whatever it is. Because sometimes when you think about this, some of people are, you like to think about very something that is extremely negative. Sometimes it's just the challenges of life. It might not be as negative as that. And winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall. Whew. I wanted to say, and it did not fall. I wanted to say, my life cannot fall. My home cannot fall. Children say my parents cannot fall. Married people say my marriage cannot fall. Everybody say our home cannot fall. It cannot fall. You know why? Because we are choosing to be wise. How? We would observe to do according to what is written in the law of the Lord. For he says thereby you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So I want good success in my home. I want good success in my life, in my career, in my vocation, in everything that I do. What are you struggling with, brother or sister? Allow the God. Allow the word of God. It's beyond us. Allow him. You might struggle, but allow him. You can never lose listening to God and obeying him.
It might be difficult for us. We might cry, but we'll do it. It might be hard, but we should do it. For therein lies our joy and excitement and celebration. What are you building your life on? What are you building your relationships on? What are you building your marriage on? What are you building your home on? What are you building your career on? What are you building your vocation on? What are you building these things on? Every other thing will mess up and fail by God's times. When I feel like falling, God carries us. So we must be prepared to obey the word of God with our whole heart in order to enjoy the manifestation of his joy and peace. In our homes, relationships, marriages, career, vocation, jobs, life, finances, health, and in all things. And especially in this month of Christian homes, in our homes again.